Super Talk Mississippi media production. Have you been seriously injured? Mama Justice is here for you. Our medical team partners with top-notch doctors, surgeons, therapists, and urologists, ensuring a comprehensive recovery journey. If you've been injured, call Mama Justice today. We're here for you. And now, it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by J. Allen Toyota and AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome to Coast View, the show that every single day celebrates the men and women who are making Coast of Mississippi such an amazing place to live, work, and play. Uh, thank you for listening on uh, Super Talk 103.1. We really appreciate you being here. And... Uh, if you're listening on Facebook or YouTube or your favorite podcast, thanks for tuning in there as well. Great conversations. We, we cover the spectrum. We talk to leaders who are doing amazing things. We're talking to people who've done incredible things entrepreneurially in coastal Mississippi and are contributing jobs and, I don't know, stress. <laughs> Maybe they're contri- for sure contributing stress. But they're making uh, they're making big investments in coastal Mississippi, and uh, you know we're, we're so lucky to live here. I, I talk about this on my show here, Coast View, and my new show, Super Talk Outdoors. But you know the opportunity to live in Mississippi, which I believe is the capital of outdoors in the United States, you know we have a lot to be thankful for. Hey, listen, we've got a great show. We're going to be um, we're going to be visiting with uh, our, my friend. The captain, Sonny Schindler of Shore Thing Charter. We'll come back to him in just a second. But before we go any further, I want to bring <clears throat> Kyle in. And first of all, just say good morning to my partner in crime. How you doing, buddy? Good. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. Hey, I joked with you off the air. You do the music in the Super, Superdome during Saints games. Um, you got some special music dialed up for, for the uh, coming weeks. Yes, I am beginning to work on that playlist uh, today, actually, which is probably a day or two earlier than I normally do. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, look, let's look, let's, let's, we'll say what we're saying out there. Jeff Duncan, every Friday he visits with us from NOLA.com and the Times Picayune, covered the Saints longer than anyone else in history. He is on the NFL uh, Hall of Fame Selection Committee, he wrote the most recent book about Peyton and Breeze. Guy's amazing. But he said, he said at the beginning of this season that we've got a good starting lineup. But if we have to go deep because of the salary cap issues, we're going to have some challenges. And it's played out that week, hasn't it? I mean, that way, hasn't it? Yeah, it really has. And I think the wide receiver position is probably the most prevalent without Michael Thomas there. The other guys that are having to step up in that key role have just not been able to do it, and that really hurts us. There's been a lot of passes, especially this last week. There was passes that got through some fingertips that you kind of look at and go, yep, Mike Thomas could have brought that in. Um, yeah. So you do miss him. Uh, yeah. I have to see what happens. Maybe they bring Taysom in its quarterback. Maybe his foot's better this week. Uh, you know, it's going to be a tough road playing the Cowboys on Thursday night. So, You know, yeah. but it might be a good setup for the Saints, though. I mean, look, it looks like if Taysom's foot is healthy, and he's practicing with the with the with the first team this week. Uh, he's going to start. And if you can get Ingram and Kamara back, or one of the two of them back, and then Davenport, I think is supposed to be back. Anyway, we'll talk to Jeff more about this uh, this week. But the bottom line is, it's uh, it's going to be it's go- it could be a good game for the Saints. Let's 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 hope that they play with some spirit. I hope so. I'm looking for something different. This uh, losing streak is not fun. No, it's not. We're not used to it as Saints fans. How was your Thanksgiving? 
Thanksgiving was good. A um, little rough to start. Uh, my boy got sick Thanksgiving Day um, at the game, actually. And uh, so they had to leave early, and I caught a ride to Slidell. But after that, he was feeling fine the next day. And, you know, it was the uh, promise of going fishing on the Saturday of Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah. Was Yeah, he was definitely going to be ready for that. And um, we rearranged the trip, went out at noon, and had a great time. <laughs> well, listen, I had my nephews up at the camp, Peter and Nico, uh, a couple of weeks ago. And you can't get them up to go to school. But Peter was up at 4.30 in the morning, ready to, ready to, he woke me up and asked Uncle Bubba a question. He, someone laughed later that he could say, what, what is uh, three to the power of 10? That, you know, it didn't matter what the question was. He just wanted me to get up so I could, I could be with him. But that's the beauty of, of taking kids in the outdoors, man. They, they, they love it. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. You can, I can do the same thing with my son. I'll walk in on a morning that we're going to go fishing, and whether it's 4 o'clock or 4.30, all I have to do is go in, Desi, let's go fishing, and I'll know how much he's paid attention. When I walk out five minutes later, he's like, all right, let's go. <laughs> he's still not wet yet, but he's ready to it's, go fishing. <laughs> it's always been like that for me. Uh, we, what we do, my, we do Thanksgiving, big Thanksgiving meal one year, and then the next year we don't cook. So that because we got all our kids except for one are married and have kids and they have in laws, so we let let one year sort of be the in law uh, year, and then we have a big family get together. And uh, this year I actually went to the Island View CNG Grill. And it was really nice. I mean, they had a they had a great Thanksgiving meal, and then after that, we went to visit with the Matthews clan. That's always fun. So it was a uh, it was, and then off off to off to the Delta with jo with Justin. Got to spend a uh, a week with Justin, who was in from New York City. And man, that's when that's when I realized the place we have up in the Delta is a wonderful magnet for him. It keeps him wanting to come home. He'll be back again for Christmas, thank God. But you know, I don't. Hey, your son's going to be like Justin, 25 years old, and still loving it. Yeah, he is. Now he's um, piped up, and he's decided he wants to go hunting. And I've never been a hunter. I I used to, you know, I would go with friends, and it was just squirrel and rabbit hunt. But I've never done the whole deer hunting thing. I didn't have the patience for it, and it, physically for me, it's just more difficult. So I'm gonna have yeah. to figure out a way to get him in there. I think his his friend Cameron that went fishing with us. Um, he might be able to go do some hunting with him. Oh, good. Yeah, well, I mean, man, man, you just got to feed the outdoors to these kids. Uh, I'm a I'm a big Henry David Thoreau fan, and um, a couple. Let me see. Here's one that that I think uh, uh, he he wrote. We can never have enough of nature. And, and again, the the opportunity here in coastal Mississippi, because of all we have to to enjoy, he he also wrote this. He said, uh, uh, "This is Henry David Thoreau again." Uh, hang on a minute. Let me get let me get this to shrink down. Okay, I believe that there is a subtle magnetism in nature, which, if unconsciously yielded to, will direct us aright. I I think that's pretty pretty powerful. Kids seem to know that man. Um, one last thing that Henry David Thoreau said, incidentally, I am grateful for what I am and have. My Thanksgiving is perpetual. I mean, you know, I like to thank God every single day that we are where we are and have what we have. And, you know, for Thanksgiving, I don't need Thanksgiving to, to feel that way. But, but, the, but there is definitely a, a magnetism about the outdoors for kids, isn't there? 
There really is. And my son, at this point, he's 14 and really can't get enough. He's trying to find a way to go fishing before school. And I, that's that's a tough ask for me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's bring Captain Sonny Schindler in for a second. He's with Shore Thing uh, Fishing Charters out of Bay St. Louis. He's a regular on the show. As everyone knows, I love the outdoors. He loves the outdoors. So we spend time together on Coast View just talking about how special this place is that we call Coastal Mississippi. But uh, but anyway, Sonny kind of hooked you up, didn't he, uh, didn't he Kyle? He did. Uh, I tried to go with Sonny at first, and my son and wife were like, well, we kind of wanted to go a little sooner than that. It, things didn't work out, and Sonny gave me Paul Leone's name at Southern Comfort, and it turned out we had a great time. Paul is a great guy. We had some weather challenges that first date that we tried to go, and he was thankfully really upfront and honest about going to be the challenges of trying to get fish to bite as the temperature dropped suddenly like it did and ultimately we ended up postponing it and then we didn't actually have to postpone it the second time we just changed the hours instead of going out at six in the morning when it was still 30 something degrees we went at noon and it turned out to be a great trip i cannot say anything more great i mean paul is just a great guy we had a great time yeah that's awesome you can hey by the way you can th show some of those pictures kyle of your trip while we're Talking I was to Sonny. Mixed in with everyone else's, so I'll just we'll roll through them in a little bit. Yeah, good. Hey, Sonny, what's interesting about uh, about what what Paul did with with Kyle though, and you guys face this all the time when you get a really stiff north wind that blows the water out of the marshes, it really either cancels your plans or changes them pretty dramatically, doesn't it? It does, and I I remember Saturday well. Um, the crew, I I was working a two boat trip with Matt. And the crew we had had, you know, afternoon plans and we barely moved. Normally we'll move it back like it, it, they did it perfect. But, you know, they had the schedule that that allowed and Paul, you know, Paul's really good about that. So we were trying to bump them back. We couldn't. And we froze our tails off all morning. Matthew and I, neither one of us got on any kind of fish till. I think we came we came in probably as y'all were leaving and we both of us found our fish in the last 30 minutes now we smoked them but we froze our tails off all morning for that 30 40 minutes of just non-stop action yeah i don't my son jordan and his friend leland dunning went up went to uh horn island it was kind of rough and cold and I'm not into that, you know, going to the barrier islands in 30-something degree weather. It's just too, too darn cold. Hey, look, when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with uh, Sonny Schindler, our, our friend here. With, we talk about the outdoors, and we're going, to be, we're going to be joined by Captain Alex, and we'll talk to you more about him when we come back. See you after this break. Super Talk 103.1 is brought to you by J. Allen Toyota on I-10 Exit 38 Gulfport. See all the incredible inventory at allentoyota.com. And remember, when you think Toyota, think J. Allen Toyota. 
talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. I enjoyed sort of hearing that story of, uh, of, of the connection that, that Kyle is having with his son around fishing. And now his son wants to go hunting. So, you know, the love of the outdoors. A family that fish and hunts together stays together. I really believe that. And we have some of the best outdoor enjoyment here in Mississippi than just about anywhere else in the world. That's my strong, strong belief. Uh, Kyle's actually going to show some pictures, actually. I think the beginning of them, I think, are some from the recent fishing trip that he took. And then you'll see toward the end of the photos, for, this is for the Facebook and YouTube audience, just some pictures of Captain Alex, who's going to be joining us now, Captain Alex uh, McInvale, uh, who, uh, who is, is one, of the, one of the captains in the Shore Things Charter Group. And uh, we're just going to we're going to visit and tell some stories and just enjoy each other's company for a few minutes. So, uh, Alex, how you doing, buddy? Good, good, Ricky. Thank you all for letting me join you all today. It's, it's fun to have you, man. It's good. You know, as, as we sort of talked about off off offline before we started the show, you've really had the outdoors in your blood most of your life, haven't you? I have. I have. Only way I've ever made a living was was guiding, hunting, and fishing. And as a kid, man, you were fishing just about every day, weren't you? I was. I, I was extremely fortunate. Uh, I grew up in North Mississippi in DeSoto County, and and when I was twelve, we moved to uh, the coast, moved to Bay St. Louis, and actually lived right on the Jordan River. And so I was able to to literally fish, you know, every day, even if it was, or be on the water every day, even if it was for. 30 minutes after school or all day on a Saturday. So I'm very, very fortunate. And like uh, Captain Sonny, you went to St. Stanislaus. I think you were a couple of years younger than him. Is that right? Uh, that's correct. I think we're, I think we're two years apart. And I actually, I actually knew Sonny before or right when we moved uh, originally from camp Stanislaus. And then, then we were all in school together as well. It's interesting, Sonny. If you think about Alex, uh, his path is kind of similar to yours. You know, he he eventually found his way heading down to Venice to to do the big offshore thing. You spend a lot of time down there as well. That's a great place, isn't it, to sort of get a get a feel for what real significant offshore fishing looks like in the Gulf of Mexico. Venice is there's no better place than Venice, is there? No, and he he hit the ground running. Uh, the the I I worked with uh, with Paradise Outfitters, and Alex worked with Superstrike with with Damon McKnight. And you know, as soon as he got there, they were you know the fishing was really good, but then the the oil spill hit. Nobody knew what to do. Well, they they got to work their their tails off, and build up you know some build up their fleet. So Alex, Alex did it just pretty similar to what I did. Whereas I got in, it was just a, a captain and a mate. And Alex got in with Damon. When I, what did Damon have a boat or two back then? Yeah, Sonny. I think when I started, he only he had two boats and leased another one. And yeah. and, and he, now <laughs> Hunter and Damon are two of the bigger ones down there. So it it was nice to be a part of it. And just you know, experience all that, all the 
the different species and tactics and you know I, i'm sure alex will tell you that the, the people you meet there i mean that they're, they're one of a kind all, all of them have a story and and you know they're brilliant in in many 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 ways not many of them maybe as books i know i'm not one of them that's very book smart but they they have all of them have this unique skill set or talent or ability that it just it ties it all together it's awesome Alex, you think about technology. I know you moved back over here to to do the the fishing you're doing today in 2014. Is that right? That's correct. But you think about the technology changes during the time that you were there, and then uh, in Venice, and then you know today, you know the ability to get there quicker, the kind of boats that they're using today. It's it's unbelievable, isn't it? Really, you think about the changes that have been made over the past, say, you know, seven, eight, nine years. Oh, it, it's been huge, and, and Sonny, Sonny saw it. Sonny kind of saw the transition from the most of the fleet going from sport fishers to center consoles, and I, I was there kind of at the transition of from a center console to the giant, super fast center consoles. I, I remember when we put the first set of three hundreds uh, on the thirty-two twin V that I was running. We had been running 250s on it, and I remember I thought it was, you know, I was running lightning fast because I could cruise at almost 40 miles an hour. <laughs> and then you know, just a couple couple years later, the big uh, the big triple engine boats and then the, the quad engine boats, and if you weren't running, if you couldn't cruise at 60 when it was calm, you were going to be late, especially in the summer. <laughs> so it, it, cha- it changed a lot, for sure. And I think for the better, I think it offers – you know, more range, more speed. It gives you more time to to do your work if you're not spending so much time running. So it's definitely an advantage, you know, for the customers as well as us. So whereas Sonny came back here and really mostly focused on inshore fishing, you still you're gonna you're doing inshore fishing yourself, but you're also involving some some offshore as well. What what type of offshore are you getting involved in? That's correct. In the past, I've just basically done uh, state water snapper fishing as well. And then when when cobia are, are in close within the three miles in Mississippi or in Louisiana state waters, cobia fish. But for uh, t- uh, 2022, we actually uh, have a designated offshore boat. Just actually just closed the deal on it yesterday. And uh, it's going to be a federally permitted boat. And we're going to offer... Um, you know the standard snapper trips but also you know tuna fishing uh primarily the tuna fishing that that we'll offer will be in the winter and in the fall when they're in the the closest for us and and then the other reef species grouper you know amberjack and then the other pelagics wahoo mahi and 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 basically everything everything that has to offer hopefully what kind of boat uh it's a yellowfin yeah yeah that's that's gonna be that's gonna be awesome i love going to the salt domes in february when, no, when the fish are there is that fun or what that is that that and probably the, my favorite way to tuna fish is behind the trawl boats in the in the in the fall but uh the lump fishing and you know in, in the winter is is second you know for sure it's it's a it's a special special kind of fishing that's really accessible here in coastal Mississippi. Uh, that is for sure. The last time I was there, it was 
epic. <laughs> it was epic. We had to, we we came home at eleven because we didn't have we didn't have any uh, we didn't have any place to put any fish. You know, it was that. You know, we talked. We caught a one thirty five, a one forty five, and a one fifty five yellowfin on that day. The back backbreaker day. You know. Oh, and and add a ninety five pound amberjack. You know, because just that's cool. the way fishing is there. You know, that's the oh, way it is. So you also, Alex, you were also involved. I get. Was it when you you were you were raised in northeast northwest Mississippi, right? Is that where you said? Okay, and you yes. went to Mississippi State. So you had a duck connection up there early in your life. Tell me about that. I did. I actually uh, actually started uh, guiding duck hunters when I was twelve. Uh, the year before we moved to the coast, on some property that that my dad had the hunting rights to. And that the owner was was wanting my dad to help him sell the property, so my dad started getting me to take potential buyers of the property duck hunting that season to help you know promote it. And then you know I think one day one of them he said, "Man, you did a great job." One of them gave me forty dollars or something. Then I thought, oh, "Well, I, I'm going to get rich doing this. I know what I'm doing." The rest <laughs> of my life. And I'm still looking for that pot of gold, but. It, you know, hadn't found it quite yet. Well, you you actually hunt in a pretty good section of the state. When you think about you, we talked a little bit before the show started about the changing migrations of ducks and the improved habitat north of Mississippi and the lack of cold weather. There's so many dynamics that play into whether we're going to get ducks or not in the in the flyway of the Mississippi Delta. But if they come, Tunica is a good place to be, isn't it? It is. It uh, and you know we we have stuff in Tunica and then just to the east of Tunica, uh, actually in the hills in Tate County, as well. And and some years we actually see a more consistent push in those little what I call micro flyways on the upper end of the reservoirs. Arkabut, we we're on the upper end of Arkabutla Reservoir, and those that can be. It takes less ducks to be more consistent than it does in the wider area of the delta. So sometimes yeah. we spend more times in the hill, in the hills, than we do in the delta. Hey, to give me an idea of how much you're in, you, you're doing as far as duck guiding is concerned, like in a typical a typical season, how many guided hunts will you do? I actually have stepped away from the guiding um, myself. Uh, Mainly what I do now is land management, develop ah, and yeah. manage properties, set up management plans and logistically during the season. And most of my hunters are pretty self-sufficient nowadays. Yeah, well, that's 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 good. That's a good that's a good area to be in because people are really, really focused on creating the best possible wildlife habitat they possibly can. It's all about maximizing the land. We spend a lot of time talking about that as well. Hey, when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Captain Alex McInvale and Sonny Schindler from Short Thing Charters, just good friends of the show. And we'll find out what the latest is in the fishing scene in coastal Mississippi. We'll see you after this break. It's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by J. Allen Toyota and AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome back to Coast View. We have Captain Sonny Schindler and Captain Alex McInvale from Sure Thing Charters. They're good friends of Coast View, especially Sonny, who's been a regular here on the show. We're getting to know Alex better today. 
But you know what, Sonny, one of the things I said to uh, my uh, Super Talk Outdoors audience the other day for people who don't come to coastal Mississippi during the winter and don't pay close attention to it. I love the backwaters of coastal Mississippi this time of year because, you know, I told, told you, know, if, as long as it's not super rough, uh, the water becomes so crystal clear. I said, think, think Key West crystal clear. It, you know, I can go out on my dock and it's literally the most beautiful clear I've seen in a long time. <clears throat> it got because we had no rain for a while now. And we're beginning to see the specks and redfish come come into the the backwaters. Uh, this is a really good time of year to fish, isn't it? it? Man, it is. And, and you know, this has been one of the busier Novembers I've ever had. Um, like, I, I scheduled our talk together when, when y'all sent me the memo weeks ago. And, and I was like, oh, I'll, I'll, surely I'll be blown out by then. And uh, we, I, I think I've worked all but like three days of November. And Thanksgiving Day was one of them, and I tried to take a brother-in-law, and that, that got shut down because we were hosting uh, uh. Thanksgiving. But the, the fishing's, you know, we've got really, really good stuff down south in the marsh, but the weather has been so sketchy between the cold, the wind, and the low tide that we've been forced, and not, you know, willingly to, to, to fish in close and, you know, hide from this wind. Um, but the fish are there. So uh, we, the, the scenarios I've been doing are just as far back in these, these bayous and drains as I can get. I almost didn't get out of one the other day. Uh, but the mainly redfish, it's, it's been almost, you know, almost all redfish, but on these, these really, really low north wind, low tide, full moon days where you would think they're not going to be there. I mean, we, we, we're rounding the corners in some of these little drains and ditches. And it looks, you know, it looks like those Nat, Nat Geo videos with the catfish that, that walk out of the water. I mean, I, there was one day I had like seven of them just rolling down the bank, eating crabs. The, the crabs are everywhere. These little, um, you know, about a half dollar size. And they're just... The redfish are so fat and lazy, they're just cruising down the banks. And when they see one, you know, a crab's not going to outrun a redfish. And they're just exploding on them. Um, so a lot of times you can use that ultra-low water to your advantage. And, you know, I, I almost paid the price. I almost spent the night there uh, day, I, last week sometime. I, I wasn't watching the uh, – wasn't watching the – I was watching the tide. I wasn't watching the wind. The wind was stronger yeah. than the tide that day. And yeah. even though the the my tide chart was right, I didn't pay attention. I just wasn't wasn't paying attention. Well, uh, we hey, listen, Sonny. I watched that from from my house here on Back Bay. You get you get the right kind of north wind and the right tide cycle, and suddenly you have zero water. What we're, we're, we're talking about here is not necessarily having water that's not deep enough to get out. You're talking about literally ending up high and dry. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And no I, doubt. I, I could see I could see him smiling at what he smiled about the first time Alex came down to uh, <laughs> when he was wanting to get into working with us. We didn't at the time we didn't have enough business. This was 08, 09, somewhere in there. Um 
to we had just brought on a new boat so we couldn't bring on two at the same time back then so we i mean we're still old buddies so we went out and fished it was february went out and fished we didn't really catch a whole lot and it was the last bayou out we were coming out, i don't know if you've ever fished johnson's bayou in the marsh and we're talking and you know it was a fun day we had a real good time up until the last like turn I was about five and it had gotten low and we had had her trimmed up and we were moving <laughs> the last turn i was about five feet off the channel and we just we stuck her and uh what about matt had to come get us about one in the morning oh, yeah. no. like, yeah. well the, the the towboat uh couldn't even get to us so they actually had to put p-rose in the boat and matt had to get in a P-Row, and Matt still tells the story about paddling a 12-foot P-Row with all of Sonny's tackle, and he and Sonny, <laughs> you know, 40-degree weather back to, you know, to get us to get us out, and I think there was a half inch of freeboard on that P-Row, and oh, he's yelling, don't move, don't Nobody. move. <laughs> yeah, and when, I'm, when I say five feet, if I would have, I would have gone five feet to port, Yep. Never, yeah, and but I mean, it, it was kind of sketchy. It was cold. We were both wet from trying to get it out, and uh, luckily we had a signal. But you know, something five feet, it, it almost it was almost. And you know really what? Bad. <clears throat> you could get in trouble quick. You got to be you got to be ready for situations like that, especially when it's cold. And cold can sneak up on you and create a major problem soon. I, I was talking to a major duck hunter the other day, and he said he doesn't like to do river duck hunting. It's just too dangerous. He wants people to be have their feet on the ground. You know, if they fall in with their feet on the ground, they will be, you know, we'll be able to get them out. You fall in in the river or offshore, it's a whole different scenario. It's very scary. I, I see, Alex, you, you're an experienced hunter in that way, but that I'm totally right about that, aren't I? No, 100%. My... I think I think everybody goes through their river hunting phase where they they fight that river and there's excellent duck hunting on it. But no, I uh, yeah, it, it's not worth it to me anymore. Like you said, it can be very dangerous, especially if, if you have inexperienced people. Um, it, it, you know, I've seen I've seen push boats. People aren't used to the big weights that the push boats that the barges in the river produce and that'll swamp them while they're hunting and um, you know bad stuff can happen quick on the river and and unfortunately with as advanced as is the technology and all the gadgets and stuff we have now people kind of get overconfident with their equipment and not necessarily the most experienced people will be out there trying to do that and i think that's where a lot of people get get into trouble it doesn't take long if you go in the water. I mean, hypothermia is real, and it overcomes you rapidly. And within just a few minutes, things can start to go from not good to, to, you know, literally um, tragic very rapidly. It happens, seemed like it happens at least once every year. We hear a story of someone who, who didn't pay attention. Thank God here in coastal Mississippi, we don't hear of that. But <clears throat> I guess... People who go offshore here, for the most part, tend to be a little bit more experienced, you know, even though every now and then we see those inexperienced guys out there doing what we know they shouldn't do uh, because, you can, again, you can get in trouble really qu quickly. Alex, but you grew up uh, fishing the Jordan River area in Hancock County. You're no stranger to low tides and what that looks like, and, and you're also no stranger to the fact that redfish have a way of finding their 
their little special spots, and you and you know where they are, don't you? Well, I'm supposed to know where they are. Some days it seems like I, I don't know where they are. Some some days it seems like they're so easy they come to you. And other days I'm convinced there's not one anywhere in the world. But <laughs> I, I, I do I do enjoy when you get them hemmed up, like Sonny was talking about, in a little you know in a little area where you know they may not bite, but they have to look at your bait before they can get away. Well, we get we do a lot of we do a lot of marsh fishing in Biloxi's Back Bay, and usually can pick up several just doing that. Going just fishing along the marshes. The closer you cast to the marsh, the better. But if we're having a slow day, then we'll round the corner and go to a place we call the redfish hole. <laughs> and so far, I think maybe I've been there one time and we didn't catch redfish. The rest of the time, they just loaded up in there. And you've got holes like that all over the all over the Louisiana marsh. All if you have to not go, if you're not able to go to the marsh and you have to stick. Close Closer to shore, uh, you got a couple of spots like that you can go to and usually do pretty well, don't you? Yes, and, and Sonny and I talk about this. All all the guys talk about this all the time. Is we have all of us. I think it's one reason we're so successful as a team is we kind of all have our little niches within within our fishery, and and we have our you know we're confident in different areas and different places, but. But yes, there's certain areas that, like, personally, I, I love fishing wrecks and reefs, even if it's shallow water uh, for trout and reds. I mean, I love fishing wrecks in 10 to 20 feet of water for, you know, bigger trout and reds, depending on the time of year. And that's where I'm the most confident, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I know a couple of little sweet spots near Curly like that. <laughs> that <laughs> I won't so, say anything else. <laughs> but. Uh, can be some really, really, really big uh, speckle trout there on on a big live pinfish. You know, you know the I deal. Um, so so anyway, Sonny, as you, as you think, hear Alex talk, um, p- p- people who don't, and I t- we're coming to the end of this segment, so we'll pick this up on the other side. But what we'll talk about is um, cold weather. You know, I mean, it may affect your ability to get to places like Cat Island, Louisiana Marsh, but there's still great fishing to happen in coastal Mississippi. We're lucky that we have the backwater system that we have here, and you guys are in it constantly and understand what that's all about. But we'll talk more about that when we get on the other side with Captain Sonny Schindler and Captain Alex McInville. We'll see you after this break. Also, listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say, Alexa, open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. I have Captain Sonny Schindler and Captain Alex McInville joining me today. And uh, we're just talking about fishing and storytelling and whatever. But I read this quote at the beginning of the show, Sonny, from Henry David Thoreau that said, we can never have enough nature. And if you read anything about him, he, he loved to get out in the outdoors. He was kind of a minimalist. He, he didn't think we needed a bunch of materials, possessions. And what he wrote about the outdoors is really, really fundamentally incredible. But 
we're lucky to live here, man. I mean, the work that you guys do is is about understanding and exploring the backwaters and just offshore coast of Mississippi. We are, I mean, it's a it's a it's an intricate web of waterways, isn't it? It is. I and and you know, I always get a kick out of uh, out of people when when they when they say, you know, I'm shutting shutting down for this. The season's almost over in fishing. No, it, no, there. <laughs> I, I mean, I get it. I wish I could go deer hunt more and duck, maybe even duck hunt in some of those nicer spots Alex has. But um, no, there's there is a snapper season. You know, there is there is times you can't. But some of the some of the best stuff you can do is in this harsher this harsher condition to find. You know, utilizing that low water and finding those bars and finding the the shell banks that you can come back in the spring. Uh, and fish those troughs and and you know and sometimes you you get in some hairy situations but you know you, you most of the stuff i fished last week um that may only been 100 yards one direction or maybe half a mile another but i i, I hadn't fished most of it I'd, I'd never been in it and that's what almost got me a, a sleep over there but um you know, getting out there and exploring, and and most of it was was worth it. Uh, yeah, the redfish were really good, but you know, and, and I'm sure Alex will tell you that the best fishermen and the best hunters are the ones that go more often and go to different areas. So your your best hunter isn't somebody that just duck hunts every day. It's going to be the guy that duck turkey, hog, you know, all that stuff, bow, gun, uh, muzzleloader. Uh, and, and Alex and I know some guys down in Venice that all they do every day is hunt and fish. And I think it's safe to say, you know, neither one of us would go up against any of these guys in any kind of competition. We would just give them the trophy and say, you know, we're, everybody's competing for second place kind of thing. Alex, uh, I bet, I bet you've seen some characters get, get what, t tell me a story. Oh, wow. It's you've been doing it so long. But one that pops to mind, especially with the, the warm weather we're having this week, and I'm referring to, to um, duck hunting on this one, was years ago, I can't remember the exact year, was I, I got the pleasure to take our, uh, our former uh, governor, Phil Bryant, and this was right after he had won his first elect for lieutenant governor. He had just been elected lieutenant governor. We had this hunt planned for a long time. And it was, I was managing the property for a friend of his in uh, Tate County, Mississippi. And, and it was kind of a, you know, the election's over, relax, you know, bring him out. Hopefully he had won, which he did and, and hunt. And leading up to the week of the hunt, it was one of the best opening 10 days. It was early in the year when he came, um, but before he came, it was amazing. I mean, it was just some of the best early hunting that we, we actually had migratory mallards in Mississippi in late November, early December. It was amazing. And then, of course, as you can expect, I'm sure you know where the story is going. As his day approaches, the, wet, the wind stops blowing, the temperatures get up into the high 60s, low 70s, and what ducks are there become extremely scarce. I think we were on a bad moon and it just, it, it turned bad quick. So we were all uptight. And of course, uh, Governor Bryant was super fun to be around. And he, we, we told him we didn't expect, we expected it to be a slow morning, but he, ah, you know, he was gracious and excited to go. So we went out and the, the, 
the owner of the property's son, we were in a big blind. He cooked breakfast for uh, for Governor Bryant in, in the blind. And, we, and literally, uh, that we were harping on the breakfast because we did not fire shots until <laughs> it was maybe 8 o'clock, 8.30 in the morning. And I hear one miler, Drake, come over. And everybody knows that sound, the whistling wings and the Drake call. And I was like, oh, my gosh, please work. So I called to him, and, and he did like he was supposed to be turned. And at the last minute, he flared, and it was a long shot. And I told told the governor, I said, uh, I said, you better go ahead and try him. And he made an amazing shot. It was probably, honestly, 50 yards and and dropped the duck in the weeds. And we, the duck was still crippled. And I had an amazing Labrador at the time that everybody that hunted with me knew, Magnum. And Magnum got a good mark on him. And I sent him. I was like, oh, my gosh, please, please, please let him get this, bring this duck back. And he miraculously found him and brought him brought him back, and that was the only shot we fired all day. And I, you know, we were we were embarrassed for that, but he was Governor Bryant was so much fun to hunt with and spend time with. It. He's such a great outdoorsman, you know, to to begin with, and, and he completely understood. But I think the last time I was in his office a few years later, and one of his staff showed, it was after he was elected governor, one of his staff showed me he had actually gotten that duck mounted and was hanging hanging in his office. So that was pretty cool. Well, that's Good cool. That's a, that's a cool story. Yeah, he is a, he's a real advocate for enjoying the outdoors for conservation in this state he's a great storyteller he's a, just a he's a good person he's he's a lot of fun to to be around and man does he love this state that is for sure hey listen in a couple of minutes we have left sonny just uh just uh tell me you know where do you, where do you go from here you, you all booked up uh what's what's december looking like for you I, we actually have a few gaps, um, and then we'll hit it hard again for the Christmas break when the when the kids get out. That'll fill in uh, here shortly. Um, but for the most part, it'll be – nobody's going to turn down speckled trout, but I know my last few trips, I do I go to one or two of my – like your redfish hole, you know, and if, if they're not cooperating, I go straight to redfish. Uh, here here before long, the, the sheephead will, will – get really thick them and the puppy drum and that usually gets around its best close to mardi gras uh all of our guys will, will be back from uh from the woods um so we'll hit it hard then but it, it's really just you know finding those good days in between the fronts there's yeah. typically some you know somewhere to hide and something to fish for as long as it's not rainy and cold that that's hard to sell well, Sonny Schindler, thank you for taking some time to visit with us today. And Alex, it was a pleasure to meet you. Good luck with your new yellow fin. Maybe I'll see you at the lumps in February. Oh, chunking so. away. <laughs> chunking away and and uh, let, letting someone else hold the rod. That's that's, that's <laughs> not, I don't have the back for it like I used to. So anyway, hey, it's a pleasure to see you guys and uh, keep up the great work and look forward to visiting again soon. Thanks, Rick. Thank you. Bye. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. Follow Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Super Talk MS Coast 103.1. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.